0: Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/wondery. That's rocketmoney.com/wondery. rocketmoney.com/wondery.
1: Tonight, vaccination rates ramping up across the country as the Delta variant surges nationwide, with health officials warning the next 3 months are going to be tough. Some hospitals expanding their morgues, setting new records for COVID patients in Florida and Missouri. But there's good news tonight on the administration's vaccination goal. Plus, breaking news about Senator Lindsey Graham. He just tested positive for coronavirus. Why well, he says he's thankful he's vaccinated. Facing eviction with the ban running out. What's being done to help Americans like Ebony Smith, one of the millions who is behind on their rent? Biles is back. The Olympian says she'll compete after an emotional roller coaster for USA Gymnastics. What her teammates are saying tonight after picking up medals in the events she missed. Plus, tennis star Rafael Nadal talks about his support for Simone Biles. Drinking and cancer. The new study that links alcohol use and cancer. The number of drinks that could put you at risk. CBS News Investigation. You know the ASPCA's commercials. What we're learning about how the animal charity spends the hundreds of millions of dollars donated. Hundreds of flights canceled. What's to blame for the travel woes? And the spirit of the games. How fierce rivals come together in the name of sportsmanship.
2: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's
1: capital. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. And as we start out a new week, there is both good news and alarming news in the coronavirus pandemic. The Biden administration just announced that states with the highest rate of COVID cases are seeing vaccinations more than double. And although it's nearly a month late, the U.S. has now reached President Biden's goal of partially vaccinating 70 percent of American adults. But there is still cause for concern. Look at this. The number of new COVID cases is higher now than during last summer's peak. And weekly hospital emissions are up more than 40 percent, mostly because of that Delta variant. The CDC director explains the mutation this way. It can infect twice as many people as the original strain of COVID. And it is hitting a handful of states especially hard, including Florida, Texas and Missouri. So there's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We want to begin with CBS's Maria Villarreal, who's in Missouri, where cases have tripled in the last month. Good evening, Maria.
3: Good evening, Nora. Here at Cox Health in Springfield, they have actually brought in a new morgue. In addition to that, they have doubled their oxygen reserves. All of this in anticipation of a rise in COVID cases and in COVID deaths. Right now, they have 187 patients inside the hospital, the most they've ever had since the start of the pandemic. Tonight, COVID cases are skyrocketing in Missouri with healthcare workers bearing the brunt.
0: Many nurses say every night they go home and they're, they're crying.
3: Average daily cases have tripled in the last month while hospitalizations have nearly doubled. And the hardest hit area includes Springfield, where this chart shows the dramatic rise of COVID patients in one hospital system since mask mandates were lifted and then two big holiday weekends. We're very concerned at this point um, because we are headed back into school and we have seen disease spreading in um, our kids who are not vaccinated and don't have the option to be vaccinated. As bad as things are in Missouri, they're worse in four other states, including Florida, where things are the worst they've ever been. More than 10,000 are now hospitalized and there are more than 21,000 new cases. The numbers that we're seeing are, are...
1: unbelievable.
3: And tonight, the CDC is warning that it's not over yet.
1: While we desperately want to be done with this pandemic, COVID-19 is clearly not done with us.
3: Adding a reminder that vaccines do work.
1: I want to be clear, while vaccinated people can spread the virus if they get a breakthrough infection, the odds of them getting sick in the first place are far lower than those who are unvaccinated.
3: Among the new cases is U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, who is fully vaccinated, but after having flu-like symptoms, tested positive. Senator Graham tweeted, without vaccination, I am certain I would not feel as well as I do now. My symptoms would be far worse. The Delta variant is responsible for the nation's exponential surge, according to the CDC. In New York, the push continues to mandate vaccinations. Today, Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that 68,000 state transit workers will be required to get vaccinated or face weekly testing, and that others should follow
4: suit. Private businesses, I am asking them and suggesting to them go to vaccine-only admission.
3: Meanwhile, back in Missouri, vaccination rates are low and opposition is high. As COVID continues to surge at this hospital near the Lake of the Ozarks, the prognosis is grim.
0: We're working longer hours, and when we see the level of sickness that we are seeing and the number of deaths, it takes a toll on the healthcare workers and that's what we're seeing we're seeing burnout
3: does that include yourself
0: uh, yes it does
3: health care workers across the state are telling me right now they are most concerned about the recent rise in pediatric cases the largest school district here in springfield actually says that if students and staff are going back to school they are going to have to wear a mask. they say if children can't get vaccinated under the age of 12 and the community isn't doing their part this is the only way they can keep everyone safe Nora.
1: Maria Vidal, thank you. Well, tonight, President Biden is under pressure to take action and help the millions of Americans who are at risk of losing their homes now that the nationwide eviction ban has expired and it's left renters scrambling. CBS's Nicole Killian spoke with a young mom who could soon be out on the street. It says
5: that I owe $1,600.
1: Ebony Smith has only 11
5: days before she could be evicted out of her Dallas home. Paid all my rent. I never was uh, behind on my rent. Boom. Her four kids don't even know. Kids. Kids supposed to be kids. They're not supposed to be worried about, oh, where are we gonna get evicted or we're going to have somewhere to stay. they ain't supposed to worry about that. With roughly 6.2 million households behind on rent, most behind by an average of $3,700 and possibly facing evictions as soon as this week, the White House to date tried to step in to ease the blow, calling on governors and mayors to extend their own moratoriums for the next 30 to 60 days.
0: The president's focus is for us to do everything within our power.
5: For the third straight day, Missouri Congresswoman Corey Bush, who was once homeless herself and has been evicted three times, camped out on the House steps in protest, demanding her House colleagues return from recess to pass an extension. She also met with Vice President Kamala Harris at the Capitol, tweeting, I needed her to look me in my eyes, and I wanted to look in hers when I asked for help. We get paid to do this and so we have to make this. We have to make this happen. Alexandra Alvarado is with the American Apartment Owners Association. Her members have racked up losses while the moratorium has been in effect. For them, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of back owed rent is not uncommon. And since they don't have very many units and many of them rely on that for supplemental income or retirement, it has been quite a challenge for them to make it
6: through this time.
5: Congress has punted the issue back to the White House, but it is making progress on one of the president's other priorities, infrastructure. Senate negotiators finally released the details of a $1 trillion bipartisan bill and hope for a vote as soon as this week. Nora?
1: Nicole Killian on the Hill, thank you. And we're going to turn now to the Summer Olympics, where the U.S. leads the medal count with 64, followed by China with 62. There was big disappointment for the U.S. women's soccer team in their bid for gold. And gymnastics superstar Simone Biles is set to return after withdrawing from most events to focus on her mental health. CBS's Jamie Ucas has more from Tokyo.
6: In a history-making race, Jasmine Camacho-Quinn won the gold for Puerto Rico in the women's 100-meter hurdles. The 24-year-old is only the second athlete from the island to win gold. It hit me there. I was like, I just want an Olympic gold medal. Like, that's something huge. A stunning loss for the U.S. women's soccer team to Canada in the semifinal. It's only the second time they won't compete for gold in the Olympics since 1996. They will have the chance to win the bronze. New Zealand's Laurel Hubbard became the first openly transgender weightlifter to compete. She exited after failing on three lift attempts. And the emotional roller coaster for USA Gymnastics continues. After withdrawing from previous events, citing her mental health, Simone Biles announced she will compete in the Beam Finals just hours after teammate Jade Carey won the gold in the floor final. My hard work has paid off, and this is all that I've ever dreamed of. Having Simone being back is great. I'm really proud of her. She's been through a lot this Olympics, so it's going to be great to see her out there. Performance consultant Robert Andrews, who worked with Viles for nearly four years through the Rio Olympic Games, says Viles' return to the balance beam will be tough, especially if she's still suffering from the twisties, where a mental block hurts a gymnast's awareness during aerial moves.
0: That's such a difficult event in aerial space, and you have to know where you are on everything because you only have a a little four inch strip to land on.
6: Tonight marks the final gymnastics routine and Simone Biles returned to the competition floor. It will be the only time in these games she can win a medal in an individual event. In that quest, Biles joins all around gold medalist Suni Lee. By the way, Biles won bronze on the balance beam
1: in 2016. Nora. All right, Jamie Ucas and happy birthday to you. Well, Rafael Nadal is a two-time gold medalist, but because of an injury he chose to sit this Olympics out. Well, we got to ask the tennis superstar what he thought about the mental health conversation Simone Biles has sparked. All of it in an exclusive interview. You respect 100% what Simone yeah. Biles is doing.
6: Yeah, 100%. Uh, if, you, if you don't feel ready, you have been working so hard during all your life to achieve uh, your dream. She achieved uh, amazing things, and, and I'm sure she will be back. But in this moment, she doesn't feel ready and why she has to do it.
1: And we're going to have more of our interview with Rafael Nadal, including his own experiences with mental health and why he's here in Washington for the first time to compete. That's all tomorrow. All right. Tonight, doctors are sounding the alarm over new research showing a link between drinking and cancer. Nearly 750,000 new cases were linked to alcohol use last year at a time when many Americans reported drinking more. CBS's Nancy Chen reports.
0: The tumors here in the upper A new world. study
7: so, finds over 4% of all new cancer cases in 2020 were caused by alcohol consumption. And while most cancers linked to alcohol use were in people who have more than two drinks a day, more than 100,000 cases worldwide were in people who averaged less than that. So even two drinks a day can lead to this increased risk. Absolutely.
0: Alcohol is an irritant. It irritates the lining of of our mouth, of our throat, of our stomach. And as our body tries to heal, sometimes it heals in abnormal ways that can lead to the very beginnings
7: of cancer. Three quarters of alcohol-related cancers were diagnosed in men, mostly liver and esophageal. But when they occurred in women, breast cancer was most common. The new findings come as alcohol consumption has spiked during the pandemic. Almost two-thirds of Americans surveyed last year said their drinking has increased. Sarah Church is a psychologist who runs an addiction treatment program in New York.
1: For many people who who were using alcohol to cope in, in one way or another, once the pandemic hit, their drinking increased significantly. She says
7: those seeking help include people who didn't drink heavily before the pandemic. There's an estimated 10-year lag between drinking and being diagnosed with alcohol-related cancer, so doctors say the pandemic's impact is unclear. A sign COVID's toll will continue for years to come. Nancy Chen, CBS News,
1: Chicago. This weekend brought more deadly gun violence across the country. In Queens, New York, at least 40 shots were fired and 10 people wounded in what police say was a gang-related shooting outside a barbershop. In Chicago, at least 51 people were shot and eight killed over the weekend. Chicago police say more than 600 people were shot in the city last month. That's nearly double the number of victims from July of 2019. And we want to turn now to a CBS News investigation into the ASPCA, the nation's oldest charity devoted to animal welfare. It raises hundreds of millions of dollars each year, and its mission is to rescue, protect and care for animals in need. But tonight, there are new questions about how the charity spends all that money. We get more now from CBS's Jim Axelrod.
7: the
4: The commercials are impossible to ignore. Sarah McLaughlin urging viewers to donate now to save a life. Will
6: you be an angel?
4: Has helped the ASPCA become one of the nation's leading animal charities, taking in nearly $280 million in 2019. The ASPCA says 77 cents of every dollar raised goes towards its mission.
0: The devil is in the details when one looks at spending. But
4: Brian Mittendorf, who teaches nonprofit accounting at The Ohio State University, looks at the numbers another way.
0: Forty percent of their total spend has been put in either veterinary services, grants, shelter services.
4: For every dollar somebody sends into the ASPCA, only 40 percent goes to these services to help animals on the ground.
1: Yes. As a donor, um, you you're probably going to assume that the vast majority of the money that you give should be used for program services.
4: Patty Mercer, president of the Houston SPCA says there's also a common misconception among donors that organizations with SPCA in their name, like hers, get money from the national ASPCA.
1: It is not illegal. It's certainly unethical to continue to perpetuate the notion that they are an umbrella organization and that there's some kind of trickle down.
4: We spoke to more than two dozen local SPCAs across the country. A few had applied for and received grants worth a few thousand dollars from the ASPCA. Most had received nothing. Of the $2 billion the ASPCA has raised since 2008, seven 7% has been directly distributed to animal welfare organizations across the country, $146 million. Nearly three times that amount was spent on fundraising.
1: Your $19 monthly gift could mean the difference between life and death.
4: In 2019, the ASPCA CEO, Matt Bershatker, made more than $840,000. That's more than the CEO of the American Red Cross, a nonprofit 10 times bigger than the ASPCA. we save saved their lives. Gary Rogers runs the Nassau County, New York SPCA, relying almost entirely on volunteers.
7: I don't know how they can put their head on a pillow at night knowing that there are so many animals out here that that money could be used for for other things.
1: And Jim Axelrod joins us now. So Jim, how is the ASPCA responding?
4: Well, Nora, the ASPCA declined our request for an interview, but said in its own 2017 survey that 84% of ASPCA donors also donated to a local animal charity. But what that survey did not ask was if people understood that local organizations with SPCA in their name are not in any way affiliated with the national ASPCA. Nora?
1: All right, Jim Maxwell with our investigation tonight. Thank you.
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash Wondery Pod or text Wondery Pod to 500 500. That's audible.com slash Wondery Pod or text WonderyPod to 500 500.
1: An update on travel. Weekend storms and what's being called operational challenges are being blamed for hundreds of airline delays and cancellations. More than 500 or 16% of American Airlines flights were canceled today and another 782 delayed. Spirit Airlines, meanwhile, has canceled 37% of its flights. All right, tonight, comedian Kathy Griffin says she has lung cancer and will undergo surgery to have half of her left lung removed. Griffin, who is 60 years old, says she has never smoked. Her diagnosis is not that uncommon. The CDC estimates 10 to 20 percent of lung cancer patients in the U.S. are non-smokers. Also, this new tonight, Bill and Melinda Gates have finalized their divorce. They announced in May they were ending their 27-year marriage. They will continue to run their charity. No details on how they'll split their fortune, estimated to be about $150 billion. For a century, the Olympic motto has been faster, higher, stronger. Well, this year for the Tokyo Games, a fourth word was added, together. And now we know why.
0: He had zero misses.
1: High jumpers Mutaz Barshim from Qatar and Gianmarco Tambere from Italy were tied. The two are fierce competitors and good friends. Both cleared a a seven-feet-nine-and-a-quarter-inch jump, but after three attempts, they failed the next height. There could have been a jump-off, but instead... The joy of victory twice as sweet, with both walking away with gold. (laughs) And on the track... Jewett is third at the moment. When American Isaiah Jewett and Nigel Amos of Botswana got tangled up in the 800-meter semifinals... Down goes Jewett! Instead of pointing fingers, they helped each other up and finished the race arm-in-arm. Elite athletes showing us that the Olympic spirit is about what brings us together. Tomorrow on the CBS Evening News, we'll have more of our interview with tennis champion Rafael Nadal, including why he's excited to play in front of fans again. And if you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night.